Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Move Nourished podcast, where we discuss nutritious eating, functional movement, and herbal medicine to help you move, eat, and live better. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Forrest. And we're clinical herbalists, movement coaches, and wellness nerds. Let's get started. So today, strap in folks, because we are going to be giving away all of the gold on er our favorite herbs to support deep sleep. And I know I can't speak for Forrest, but I probably can because I know that you probably also work just as much on people's sleep as I do because it is one of the biggest things that we find that folks need help with and it can make a huge difference in someone's quality of life. So that's probably one of the biggest categories of herbs that I use is these herbs that are going to help in one way or yeah. another support deep rest. Would you agree? I would definitely agree. All right. So let's talk about our favorite herbs to help people sleep better and sleep longer. And we're going to start with probably the one that everyone is most familiar with. I always like to start there with clients if possible. And also when I'm putting information out into the world, because I want it to be as accessible for folks as possible. So we are going to start with chamomile. Boris, let, tell, uh, me, tell us about chamomile. Oh, chamomile is great. It's not the strongest, mm -hmm. but it is one of the nicest. It plays it's, well. It's, it plays well with others, but also it's a great just, I call it anti-coffee or anti-tea. <laughs> yep. Anti-caffeine. Um, anti-caffeine. It's the, you can start using it later in the day or in the evening to start to wind down and it's not going to make you fall asleep. A cup of chamomile tea is not going to make you miss the end of your show because you <laughs> fell asleep, but it's going to start to like ease you into a more restful state. Yes. Which I think is something in our world that we could all, many of us could use a lot of help with because if we're not intentional about that wind down routine, I think anchoring it with something like a cup of chamomile tea, maybe with dinner, maybe yeah. with after dinner can be really helpful to mindfully and intentionally start that process of winding down into that restful state, which has a huge effect on the quality of your sleep and whether you're able to fall asleep. Yeah. And in my practice, a lot of times I recommend using chamomile as the wind down herb even if we're still using something stronger, like stronger herbs that we'll recommend, or even if you were using a medication later in the evening to for deeper sleep, using chamomile to build towards that is going to still enhance the ability of those other medicines to work and enhance your sleep quality. Yeah. And that's what we mean when we say chamomile plays nice, plays nice with everybody. Yeah, it really plays nice with everybody. And speaking of which, it's also one of the ones that works well for kiddos. Chamomile is like very well the for kiddo or you can give that to a kiddo for just darn near anything. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really excellent for kids and adults when tiredness starts to make you a little bit gripey or whiny. Grouchy, yeah grouchy mm -hmm. like the tired grumbles mm -hmm. you think about a kid that needs a nap that behavior you can recognize it frequently in adults yeah and in yourself <laughs> that is very specific for chamomile's energy it's yes. a, for babies of every age for when you just tuckered out yep and i think so before we move on to our next one just to put a cap on it like some characteristics of chamomile if you were to look it up in an herb book relaxing little bit antispasmodic. It has that lovely, it's very gentle. It's very amicable, right? It's gonna, it's going to encourage you to rest, but it's not really pushy. So for yeah. sensitive nervous systems, I also think it's a great choice. It's not gonna whack you over the head. It's just gonna be a gentle suggestion. Yeah. What else, how else would you describe its personality? It's very gentle in any time that your nervous system is just a little 
wired up or irritable. So when we already said fussy, but also it's what I reach for if I'm itchy, if I'm just generally tense, it's not a strong muscular relaxant, like for after an injury or after a strong workout, but if you just need something to help melt the tension of the day off, it's going to really help to do that. It's a great starting place. Like you were saying, start with that, see if that helps, and then you can escalate to other remedies as needed. one note I'll make with chamomile mm. is that the what's in a one tea bag is mm. more to enjoy. <laughs> you know, it and it definitely still gives you a little bit of that like tendency towards it's relaxing. But to really get enough of the chamomile to fully embody what you're trying to get out of it, much less affect your sleep, you want to do two to three tea bags of it. Yep. And, and sleep it covered, people. Yeah. Yep. And don't underestimate its power, but don't overestimate it. Because like, while some people like chamomile tea is all they need to get a good night's sleep, a lot of people that struggle with insomnia or struggle with sleep hygiene, chamomile's just the starting point. And looking at these, some of the other herbs we're about to talk about as like the, as the finishers, as the big guns. The bigger ones. But that doesn't make chamomile something that should be left out. True. Absolutely. And like we said, we like to start, I always like to start with things like this because you can find this in the grocery store. The tea is mm-hmm. a perfectly easy and effective way to administer it. Uh, it might be a little bit difficult to get a kiddo to drink a whole cup of tea, but so know that, but it's, it's everywhere. It's accessible. It's affordable. So we love to start with that. You know, it's gentle. So that's a great one to start with for a lot of different things, including to support deep rest. For DIY that have kiddos, one of my go-to things is Strong chamomile tea, half and half with apple juice or whatever juice your kid likes, and then pour them into gummy molds with a little bit of gelatin. Great. And uh, you get a nice low sugar chamomile gummy that can be really easy to get them to eat. Sounds delightful. Can I have some of those too? Yeah, sure. (laughs) All right. Moving forward, let's talk about this one's one that I rely heavily on in clinical practice, also because it plays really well with folks. Passion flower, passiflora yes. incarnata. Love that passion flower. Also wins for most beautiful flower ever. But if you've Me never seen well. a passion flower, Google it, people. It is- and not just incarnata, most of the passion flower. Oh, so this are- one I use specifically for when someone's ability to either fall asleep or stay asleep or go back to sleep if they've woken up is being hampered by that like mental chatter ticker tape of thoughts brain that just won't shut off or shut up (laughs) yes mental chatter especially circular thoughts and you're lying in bed and you start thinking about what you didn't do what you didn't get at the grocery store and that gets you thinking about how you like really and mean to go dairy free and that gets you thinking about how much you like cheese and that gets you thinking about cows and then that gets you thinking about the news story about that cow and then <laughs> you just keep going in this circle that is passion flowers bread and butter yes and so it's it is also very plays pretty well with just about everybody it's very safe it's very still pretty but it's pretty gentle it's very effective but it is pretty gentle very i effective. would say medium Small, medium doses are going to be more anxiolytic. They're going to be more, they're going to help with that mental chatter, but they may not necessarily be sedative. But as you get into these larger doses, it really can can get more sedative. So if you're getting it from the store, if you're getting, work with an herbalist if you can, but also if you're getting it from, you know, Whole Foods or wherever, just know that the 
dosage recommended on there is probably a dosage window that if you're on the, the lighter side of it, you, know, you might get a little anti-anxiety action and maybe a little bit of sleepiness, but mostly that sort of anxiolytic. And then as you get into the bigger side, you're going to get a little bit more sedative. Now, I have always been taught that passion flower is pretty much only effective when used fresh. So it makes it somewhat challenging for folks sometimes. And I think and well, uh, I was taught the same, I was taught the same thing. And for years practiced that way, I now changed my mind and think that is not necessarily true. No, really? Yes. Really? I, not, I still love fresh passion flower and think that it does, mm -hmm. it is very potent, but actually I started, started utilizing traditional medicinal nighty night tea, which is pretty widely available. And it's a passion flower based tea formula mm. that it is really effective, but it's dry oh. passion flower in it. Yeah. And so then I just really, for a year or so, I was like, they must have magic passion flower that is okay dry, but I would still, in my besides that, would use fresh. And recently, really because of uh, business reasons, I made a batch of dry tincture passion flower, and it still was, was from a company that, of growers that I trusted, and it was very fresh plant material that arrived and I tinctured it and I, it, it was as strong as the fresh passion flower. Wow. So I, there's definitely herbs like milky oats and skullcap that we're probably talking about in another video that I think dried, they just really don't work. Passion flower. I think it might be a thing of like, it's best fresh, but it really is okay. Dry. As long as you have it from a really good potent source. Yeah. And now that you're saying that, I think I am remembering that it's not that it's not that it doesn't work when it's dried. I think if I'm remembering correctly, it's that that anxiolytic mental chatter piece is more prevalent in the fresh passion flower, but that it will still very much work as a sedative in it when it is dried. Has that been your experience or has it been pretty I, equivalent? I, I really think it's I, I think that it still has that circular thought. Now, maybe using it not at nighttime so mm -hmm. like i think the dry really works on that mental chatter and circular thoughts mm -hmm. now i've also used passion flower for folks during the day at a lower dosage where i'm not trying to get them to go to sleep i'm just trying to help with the circular thoughts yep. that are giving them anxiety and that's something that maybe i haven't played with dry versus fresh enough to speak on but i think that the dry still does have a like specific effect on some of those circular thoughts, at least at night. Cool. Well, great. You heard it here first. Not first, probably not first. You heard it here first, <laughs> listeners. Um, oh, the, the oh. other thing with passion flower that's pretty neat is traditionally not only the uh, vines and leaves and flowers have been used for sleep, but also the passion flower fruit, which um, is called oh. maypop. Mm -hmm. And you can also use not for the same strength, but another little trick is that passion fruit or passion fruit juice, which is from passion passifloria edilis, mm. it does also have some sleep enhancing effects in my experience. So Sweet. just getting passion fruit from the grocery store and mm -hmm. you know, making yourself a juice or something like that, I would mix in some other herbs and things or passion flower itself, but it can definitely enhance the sleep quality. Awesome. All right. The next one that we're going to talk about is another one that you will probably be able to find at the grocery store. But we're going to talk about who it's for, but why both of us, uh, you know, we don't end up using it a ton. 
So one that you have probably seen if you have ever shopped for uh, sleepy time tea or some sort of sleep tea to help with sleep in your regular grocery store, you've probably seen valerian root. And valerian root uh, is, I mean, for the people that it works for, it is it's great. great. It is fabulous. Yeah, we're moving now and just we're moving now from passionflower and chamomile into the stronger sedatives. Yes. The really knock you out kind of plants. Straight and up valerian, hypnotic, yeah. Yeah, when valerian, when it, it works very well, and obviously it has its reputation for a reason. Yes. Unfortunately, it doesn't work the same way for everyone. Yes, and I can speak from personal experience that I am one of those people, which I think, I don't remember where I'm pulling this over, but it's something like maybe 30% of people that, I feel like that may be an estimate from clinical practice, but a, a significant enough subset of people to make it have a warning label on it, if you will, is experience valerian root in a it has the opposite effect that we the are opposite, intending. Yeah. And I yeah. unfortunately have, have, am one of those people where valerian root is basically like a stimulant for me. I take valerian root and I'm like, I need to yeah. go run around the block or punch something or it does not have the effect that it was intended. Uh, in herbalism, we call it a paradoxical reaction. Yeah. So it's so a, Yes. So people that are reacting in a way that not is not the way most people react to an herb because herbs are incredibly complex. People are incredibly complex. And when you put that together, it's not not everyone is going to always react to an herb the same way. Now, with a lot of herbs, like with chamomile and passionflower, you can pretty much rely that they are going to they're, they're going to play going, nice yeah. with just about everybody. Valerian root is a little bit more of a gamble. And That's, there are some herbalists that say that is to do with a constitution thing. There are some herbalists that say if you run hot. You are more likely to react to valerian right. root in that way. Is there what has been I, your I, experience with valerian root for us? I think that there are yeah, there's a great number of people. A lot more, lots of herbs can have paradoxical reactions, but there are some herbs like valerian that frequently have paradoxical mm -hmm. reactions. And mm -hmm. so I've had experience of yeah, I think probably maybe in my experience, twenty percent of people at least have a complete paradoxical reaction, like you were just describing, where. <laughs> Taking valerian is like having a triple shot of espresso, which is the opposite of what you're wanting to take yes. it for. I also find that it is not, it is very much indicated for people that only have trouble getting to sleep, but don't have any mm -hmm. trouble with staying asleep or waking back up and not being able to get to sleep. And I've had clients that even though they didn't have a paradoxical reaction, it seemed to make worse or at least not help at all with the nighttime waking back up and then not being able to get to sleep. And it really seemed gotcha. like it almost made it worse. I think that Valerian works really good for someone who tends to be a little bit colder. And I know energetics are probably are an herbal thing that some of y'all listening are like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And we'll talk about it on another time. But people that tend to be a little more sluggish in their physiology mm -hmm. they, they run they get cold easily maybe they get they cold easy cold yeah feet. they're the people that really need something in the morning to get going mm -hmm. and in the evening are more tired in their body than in their mind it's Good the picture it. a lot of times the people that do the best with valerian work very physical jobs is mm. another interesting like tidbit that i've picked up over the years um, that's very interesting so yeah most yeah, I'm a lot more I'm a lot more likely to throw Valerian in the mix if somebody is a construction worker than if they work an office job. It just seems to be something that's different in the lifestyle that makes it more likely, which might be why there's much more 
there's so much more historical use of valerian than what modern herbalism sometimes has found. Because we, most of us used to have a lot more physical jobs right. during the day. Yes. All right. That is so, why we don't like valerian. Those are the reasons. So it's not, it's not that we don't like valerian. I think it just has to be used with a little caution. And also, dear listener, do not be surprised if you happen to fall if you, into, into the group one of, those of people yeah, that are like, why? What is? No, that didn't work. So do not write off herbs altogether. We got you because our friend California Poppy, which is our next on our list, is what I have gravitated towards in clinical practice precisely because I have found it to be a little bit more, not reliable, because Valerian reliably works for the people that it works for, but just plays better with a broader plays swath better of with people. A, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. It's it's still that stronger hypnotic. It's really a knocker outer. Yep, it's of, not going to do much besides, like chamomile yeah. has a lot of other things that it does. It works on digestion. It's antispasmodic. It'll help you with a fever. California poppy for me is like, straight very straightforward very uncomplicated and it's it will help you feel sleepy and it will help you stay asleep and that is what it's really good at i'm sure there's probably people with a lot more nuanced relationships to it but in my clinical practice i can rely on california poppy as a knocker out yeah it's it's hard there's some herbs we'll talk about that we have all these like nuances and there's Mm -hmm. other herbs that like are so good at what they do it's hard to talk (laughs) about the nuance and it's not that they're not powerful nuanced things but yeah it's a it's a knocker outer. Yep. I would say that it also, California poppy has some effect on opioid receptors, and that's dependent on you and your genetics. Depending on how susceptible you are to the opioids in California poppy, it may or may not help with pain more or less. It will reliably knock everyone out, but some folks who maybe pain is part of the reason that they're having trouble sleeping, California poppy will do a really great job at reducing your pain that's associated with insomnia mm-hmm. while also knocking you out. And others, it's more just the sedative and it doesn't give as much of the strength of a pain reliever. Let's also clarify here just for our folks, because I, whenever I talk about California poppy, uh, people are like, poppies? This is not the opium poppy. This is a different plant family, different plant, completely legal. This is not the opium poppy. And even though its mechanism of action or part of its mechanism of action is that it acts on the same receptor to a greater or lesser extent based on your genetics, it is not an opiate. It's it is not uh, yeah, yeah, at all. So just to even, clarify that. Even if you have... Even if it affects you in the strongest way that California poppy can on Mm -hmm. opioid receptors, it is still not at all in anywhere comparable to to opium poppy or to a narcotic drug. It's more of like a, it looks like the same molecule, so it'll tickle those same receptors. Yeah, tickle being the operative word. (laughs) Yes, yes. It doesn't sit in the receptor. It doesn't fully bind. It is, it like sits next to it and winks at it a little yeah, bit. It doesn't yeah. <laughs> affect, it doesn't affect tolerance. Even yep. if you're taking opioid medications, it's mm-hmm. not going to interfere with them. It's yeah. It's mechanism really, it's primarily probably working on GABA as that mm. knocker out effect mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. everyone. And then really it's more of a subset of the population that it tickles the opioid receptors enough to give an extra pain relieving boost. And yeah, so it's very safe. Do we want to, I'm not going to do it, but do you want to take a crack at telling people it's botanical name? (laughs) No. People, it's got the (laughs) hardest to pronounce botanical name. If you, I'm not even going to, California, that's the best I can do. Um, I'm just going to need y'all to Google California poppy botanical name and give that pronunciation a try on your own because I 
have been an herbalist for six years and I still am no better at saying it than I was when I started. Escalosia. Escalosia Californica. There we go. That's pretty close. That's closer than mine. (laughs) All right. But speaking of GABA, let's talk about kava, which um, is one of my favorite GABAergic herbs. And if you don't know what GABA is, perhaps we will have a episode on that later. But basically, in you know one sentence, like massive oversimplification, GABA is one of your inhibitory neurotransmitters that helps you feel good and chill and okay. And relax. Um, it's, it's your relaxed neurotransmitter is kind of yes, how I like to it's think your about chill, it. It's your chill out one. As we're and moving m- through this list, again, kava is not quite as straightforward as valerian and California poppy, but it is on the stronger side of the spectrum. It's and good. it's on the stronger side, but it's interesting. So I'd say California poppy and valerian, if you're a valerian person, they're really heady in their GABA effect. So it's, it's very targeted at making you sleepy. Whereas kava is really cool in My that it, it affects the body. Sorry, um, I'm going to steal that from you. I just yeah, like got totally. a vibe. <laughs> yeah. So what gaba, while gaba makes you sleepy in your head, in your brain, in your nervous system of the rest of your body, it reduced tension. Mm-hmm. And that's where kava is shines. really freaking amazing and shines mm-hmm. at, at generally reducing muscular tension, reducing aches and pains through mm-hmm. just relaxing the, the muscles of the body. It is mm-hmm. very cool. Yes. Kava is one of my ride or dies. I love kava. And I think that it's a perfect choice if you're not being able to fall asleep or stay asleep has anything to do with like aches and pains, physical yes. discomfort. So this could be a great one for an athlete who's sore a lot. This could be a great one for someone who's dealing with chronic pain. Is it our strongest pain relieving word? No, but it is definitely, it's going to play a role and it's going to do, it's going to make a dent in it. It's definitely. especially if that, if that physical component or that physical tension is one of tension or achiness or soreness, that's like kind of a low level, but enough to bother you that it affects Enough to the point where it bothers you and affects your quality of sleep or your ability to fall asleep. Yeah. I think it really, as far as like commonly available herbs that you folks can get, it's, it really is one of my top pain herbs, even though, like Alyssa said, there's stronger things that we look at. It really has a very nice general effect on aches and pains and on muscle tension that is oftentimes either causing or being caused by those aches and pains. Yes, love it. Two caveats with kava. The Dear listener, ma- if you haven't learned by now, Forrest and I are a big fan of caveats. Yes. And <laughs> we when are I said big, two. We are team nuance forever. <laughs> we are team nuance forever. He said two, he's probably got three. Uh, I probably have three. Yes. So caveat number one is that you want to use a noble strain of kava, yes. not, to, not today kava. Now, now it's becoming more common on the market that's very well labeled and that it's actually gotten harder to find today kava and, and most of the kava you're going to find is going to say it's from a noble strain, but that is something to look for because the today kava, so all kava has effect on the liver enzymes. Yes. And, but that effect is very temporarily for while the kava's in your system. And as soon as the kava's out, the liver enzymes come back to normal and there's no evidence that it's actually damaging the liver. The today kava seems to have some other effects on the liver and kidneys that are not ideal. And in general, just isn't as nice of a kava. It's a kava that taking in, it's okay to use externally as like a muscle rub, but internally 
even if you weren't worried about liver and kidney and health stuff is more likely to have that valerian like paradoxical reaction and give yeah. somebody anxiety my second caveat is that as kava literacy has increased while we've seen less today on the market and more noble now the noble kava that's available is more frequently divided into strains, almost like cannabis. And so while most of the strains of kava are more body relaxing and mentally relaxing, yes. there are actually your like sativa like kava mm. strains that are a little bit more stimulating. And so which is if, interesting because the traditional use of kava in Polynesian herbalism is also for business meetings and social occasions. Exactly. One of the specific indications is social anxiety. So I've always that's interesting because I've always wondered about that of like, aren't you, isn't it going to just make you sleepy? How does it make you want to go to a business meeting? Exactly. <laughs> and, it, and it may be that's to do with the different strains. And so I recommend the general kavas that you're going to find at the grocery store, like the yogi or traditional medicinals or something like that. You can be confident they're going to be more body relaxing. But if you're lucky and have a kava bar or somebody that's providing more strains of kava, just make sure to get their advice on finding the strain that is suited for what you're wanting. Totally. And my last caveat. Sorry, I told you I had three people. The third? We need to be sensitive to the cultural significance of kava. Kava is a sacred plant in many Polynesian cultures and is used with a lot of reverence. And while I believe that we can utilize sustainably and ethically sourced kava as a medicine, we should give it the reference that it deserves. And we should also, when looking at the cultural practices that are being used at kava bars or things like that, make sure that we're doing so through the lens of Appreciation, that, not appropriation. Up to not appropriation. It's it, you don't attend kava ceremonies unless that is that ceremony is being led by somebody that has been rightfully given permissions and and that knowledge by the culture that it came from. Yeah, that's I think that's an important fact, and we consider really awesome sacred plants like yes this. i have always felt a lot of reverence towards kava as well you know even just as an outsider i think that it's sometimes the the plants will will give off they'll be like hey respect me yes definitely respect me for sure definitely and respect the people that have been working with me respect the relationship that i have with the people that have been working with me for centuries and centuries definitely yeah. I, I i couldn't agree more all right, so the next one, Flores is going to have to educate me about because I will be honest, I have not used the herb that we are about to talk about for sleep. I've not used it beyond its culinary uses. Take it away. What are we? What is going on with this one? So nutmeg, nut nutmeg is probably I mean might be my top sleep herb. Wow, that's um, a bold claim. It is specific for increasing sleep quality and that's i think that's the reason that people don't think about it as a sleep mm -hmm. herb is because it will do nothing to make you go to sleep but yeah. it it's power and i can't stress power enough lies in sleep maintenance and sleep longevity and quality so it mm -hmm. makes your sleep once you go to sleep you're more likely to stay asleep you're going to sleep better yeah so to do that putting a teaspoon two at the most in some hot water or in with your chamomile tea or something like that is what's needed for the dose. And it's, mm -hmm. I think it takes at risk of giving the wrong of it. I think it's three hours that it takes to start to kick in. Plan ahead, um, friends. Plan ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't have much nuance to give you about it other than 
it it's the stay a sleeper. Love it. Yeah. And also just a caveat with now I have a caveat in case folks are not aware, don't work with herbs a lot. Nutmeg, along with a lot of your other spices, are going to be warming. So I would say exercise caution if you uh, run really hot or if you are currently undergoing the menopause transition and you're having hot flashes or you're really going to night sweats. That would be one time where, you know, especially I would hate for someone who is going through menopause to be like, oh, I need to improve my sleep quality because I'm having night sweats. And then take a bunch of a really warming herb and then have that potentially make it worse. So just that's that would be my caveat for that herb, just knowing it a little bit. It's yeah, it is warming. It's Mm -hmm. very warming. And so one thing I a lot of times somebody that's running hot or maybe going through changes in menopause, a lot of times you get dream disturbed sleep and Mm -hmm. hot flashes in the night. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes if you're still wanting to use nutmeg, pairing it with something like motherwort or hops that are very cooling cooling and help to decrease that overstimulation can help to not only balance the nutmeg out, but also be a more appropriate formula in in general. Love it. Yep. And then our last herb is probably a weird one. It's, it it reflects the weirdest one for last people. I say the weirdest one for last. It reflects, I'm a Chinese herbalist and acupuncturist by training. The top Chinese insomnia herb is called Chuanzhaorin which is the spiny Zisiphus seed. So if you ever had the, like what's called Chinese dates or jujubes, these, this is the seed from those. And any of the jujube seeds can be used for insomnia, but specifically one species, which is called the spiny jujube, is the strongest in action. And it is specific for when exhaustion of the nervous system is decreasing your quality of sleep. It's that tired a, and wired? Tired and wired, depleted and wired. Mm-hmm. It's considered a nutritive blood tonic as well. Okay. So it's basically a nerve tonic and nutritive tonic that is specific for inducing quality sleep. It has some GABA action, though I think it's weaker than, say, California poppy. And that's why one reason I think that a lot of Western herbalists that have, have played with it haven't been too impressed, but I think it's one again that shines for increasing sleep quality and especially sleep length. It's one that more maybe so than nutmeg, I feel like in my experience, it's the herb I reached for when I'm trying to increase somebody's total sleep time from six hours to working up towards eight hours. It really helps to expand that sleep window a little bit. It's a very nice herb. Yeah. I, Where can people find uh, Chinese jujubes? Like a grocery store or like Asian market? Yeah, at an Asian market, you can find them. You can also use the jujubes themselves. Will have some some effect, but not as not near as strong. Mm-hmm. But the seeds you can usually find at a like Chinese or Asian market. They're called Xuan Zhao Rin S U A N Z A O R E N. And then there's also a really popular Chinese formula that you can find in pills called Swan Zhao Rin Tong, which just means Zisiphus tea. And so it's the Zisiphus with some white peony and a couple of other supporting herbs, but the Zisiphus is the star of the show. And that's the really the premier insomnia formula in Chinese medicine. Beautiful. 
All right, folks, there you have it. Seven herbs to support deep rest. This has been the Move Nourish podcast. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Forrest. And thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. 